0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I was talking to a friend of mine recently, and he says to me the following. He says, when I got married a few years ago, I was told that women love flowers. And he says, it's amazing, over the last 10 years, I have not missed buying my wife flowers for Shabbos, ever. Every single Friday I go, I pick out a whole bouquet, I come home, I put it on the table, I'm so happy, I'm so proud of myself, I'm the best husband in the world. He's like, I have never missed a Friday of buying my wife flowers in 10 years. I said, so that's amazing. How's your Shalom Bias? He's like, it is terrible. He's like, where am I going wrong? I'm literally going by the book, doing exactly what I am supposed to be doing. I was told women like flowers. I buy flowers. Where am I going off? So I want to share with you an idea, a machshava that is just so awesome and so powerful. Rep. Giswala's he said over in the name of Rosh Hashiva, Rosh that it says that when Kali Yisrael was told to bring things for the Meleches HaMishkan, it says that they, they were told to bring Zav, Eches, they were told to bring all the ingredients, all the elements. Now usually when you make an appeal for a yeshiva, you don't tell people we need beans and gold and silver. What you say to them is we need one thing, money. And when you take that money, you go out and you go to the store and you buy gold and silver or whatever it is that you need for the yeshiva. Yet over here we find that Moshe Rabbeinu specifically told them the elements that were needed. So when the people brought the elements, they didn't simply go ahead and take a 2x4 that was just polished. They, they went over to their house and they took raw elements. They took things. They said, oh, my svaram shank, I'm going to take the shelf, bring it to the base of the and say, here is cedar wood. Go use it for whatever you need. And the question is, why was it that they were taking processed products, things that were already used within various things in people's lives, and they were implementing it that into the Mishkan. When you think about it, if you want gold, you take a bar of gold, you melt it down, you do whatever it is. Over here, people are taking out their earrings and donating it. Why was that? And the Rosh Hashiva says, a very fascinating idea. He says that when you have people walking around the Mishkan the Eberster did not want them walking around a building that was cold and unrelated to them. He wanted people walking around and saying, You see this item? You see this Kaylee, You see this wall? You see this tapestry? Part of it came from my house. It's not some distant item or some dis- distant object that was purchased. It's mine. I, I literally have a-, a tfisa to it, a hold on it. It's, it's part of my house. It's in The Mishkan. The Mishkan was not a Mishkan, it was my Mishkan. I'm a part of it. I remember hearing years ago, a Rav who was talking about his job as a Rav. And he said, my job as a Rav can be summed up in one concept. I am supposed to go from being the Rabbi to my Rabbi. Meaning when people say, I have a question, they say, I have a question, I got to go speak to my Rabbi. If they're still saying, i got to go speak to the rabbi, that doesn't do the trick. If they're still talking about the rabbi, that means I'm just a figure. I'm not their figure. I don't have a relationship with them. My job is to become their rabbi. So they say, I got have a question, i got to go speak to my rabbi. And it's the same exact idea with the Mishkan. Hashem is saying, I don't want you to feel like there's a building that has nothing to do with you. I want you to literally walk in and feel that there's a connection here. Recently I went to visit in midtown Manhattan, there's a place called Gulliver's Gate. And Gulliver's Gate is this fantastic miniature world. Literally, you can walk around and see Asia and Europe. You see all, all the continents, and it's really fascinating. Little menchies that are moving around, and the cars, and volcanoes, and Niagara Falls. It's really cool. Replicas of basically the entire world. And they have this thing over there where you can stand in a 3D printer, and they snap an image of you that is exactly lifelike, and they shrink you down to like an inch. And they take you, and they put you somewhere in the world. And you can make like a pose, and you can stand there with like your baby, or take a picture, you can take different, you know, poses that they then freeze, replicate, and put you in. And I was talking to them, and I said, what's the purpose of this? It's like, just just a little tiny miniature. And they said, actually this is like an extremely popular product because we don't want people to say there is an attraction in Times Square. We want people to say, "Hey, I want to go to my attraction in Times Square." I want to feel like I'm a part of the action. And there are so many things that do this, but in the entertainment business, when it comes to theme parks and these things, they very often get on this idea of of, of immersion and interactivity that you feel like I'm not just watching something, I'm I'm a part of it. I'm taking a step closer to to calling this idea mine. And the idea behind this is is so simple, yet it's so deep. Because when we go through chasen classes, when we go through kala classes, when we read books on marriage, we're so often taught the idea that this is what a man needs, this is what a woman needs. Now that, that may be true for many men, And that may be true for many women. But that's not necessarily true for your husband or your wife. I once heard this idea expressed very brilliantly by the chief negotiator for the FBI. He said, in life, when you're negotiating with somebody, you never want to hear them say the words, you're right. You might say, what do you mean? Of course you want to hear them say the words, you're right. Because you're right means that you're right, and therefore you win. But he was explaining that when they say the words, you're right, what they're really saying is, yeah, 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 you're right. Meaning, I don't want to talk to you about this. It's like when somebody comes over to your office and they're talking about all this gibberish, you go, you want to get them out of there, you go, yeah, 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 yeah you're right, you're right, 100%. If they're smart, they follow up and they say, hey, didn't we talk about this? You go, like, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, You're right. I'll get to that, right? But you're just pushing them off. What you really want to get them to say he says is that's right that's right means you get me you, you we both see this idea and we express its validity through the words that's right not you're right you're right is just I'm pushing you off that's right means oh yeah that's right that's taka true i i understand what you're saying that actually makes perfect sense to me and he gave over a story he said that he got a call from a negotiator in south america And he said, there was an American who was kidnapped, and the negotiator got this warlord on the phone. And the warlord was threatening this American's life. And the warlord said, I'm going to release this American if I get $10 million in cash and a phone call to the prime minister. And the negotiator called up the FBI negotiator, and they had them all on on the phone call. And the FBI negotiator told the guy, he said, I want you to say the following to this person. Tell him, listen, the only reason why you took this American hostage is not because you need $10 million. You're a warlord. You probably have billions of dollars. You're not interested in the money. But the reason why you kidnap this American is because you understand that America invaded your territory. And they trampled on your cousin. And they went after your villages. And they stole your wives. And they murdered your children. And you are seeking reparations from America. And therefore, you're taking an American hostage. And this negotiator on the other end, who's speaking in Spanish or whatever language... He's like, quiet, and he's like, really? <laughs> okay, let's try this out. And he goes on, and he's like, you know, as they would say, and you're just like, he's racing him on. Like, he's really getting this warlord worked up. And he's like, you're not in this for the money. You're in this because we stepped on your soil, and they, they destroyed your villages, and he's going on and on. And on the other end of the line, when he finishes this rant, it's quiet. And the warlord says, you know what? That's right that's why I kidnapped this guy. I don't need the money. I'm in this for a point. And he says, you know what? You're 100% right. And the negotiator says that within a couple of days, the American was released without giving over a dollar of money. Because the warlord was seeking recognition. He wasn't seeking money. He was seeking recognition for his cause. And when he got that recognition he validated it by saying the words, you know what? That's right. Had he said you're right, he'd be like, yeah, you're right. You're right means I don't want to talk to you. That's right means you and I have come to an agreement, an understanding of a mutually agreeable idea, which is a very, very deep concept. A few weeks later, the phone rang by the negotiator's desk, and he picks it up, and on the other end of the line is this warlord. And he says to the negotiator, hey, were you promoted yet? And he hangs up. It was a recognition of, you hopped me. You understood me. You, you fully got my essence and why I am here. There are so many concepts that we can talk about when it comes to marriage. So many. We do marriagepro.co, awesome website. We have a thousand ideas of how to improve your marriage. We do. Women need validation, attention, affection, appreciation, nimzachin, men need covered, men need tzipuk. We talk about so many ideas and how to actually do it. But the key behind a successful marriage is not about me telling you or you reading in a book what it is that men or women need. The key to success within your marriage is discovering Your wife. She's not a wife. He's not a husband. He's your husband. She's your wife. You have to take the time, the effort to discover your spouse. That's what marriage is because it's one word. It's davak. It's keshek. It's a connection. And when you do that, then what happens is, is that you actually start to understand who's on the other side of the coin. You're not just doing something because your college teacher told you. You're doing what it is that you understand your spouse to need. And I, I said to my friend, he said, I'm buying flowers and it's just not going. What what am I doing wrong? So I said to him, you need to go and figure out what your wife appreciates for Shabbos. So he said, what do you mean? Everybody knows women like flowers. I said, no, 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 no. What does your wife want? Don't tell me what her teacher, or somebody else's, your chassan teacher told you that that his wife wants. Tell me what your wife wants. You know, there was once a there was once a person. He said his wife was making him these court, like three, four course meals every night, and he's like, "Honey, I can't eat so much." She's like, "Yeah, but my college teacher told me that men need a lot of food." He's like, I, I, "I don't. I can't eat this. You're gonna. You can't eat this. I eat a little. I'm fine." There's a, there's a woman whose husband, she thinks he needs a ton of sleep. He doesn't. There's a the woman who thinks her husband needs to be left alone. He doesn't. You have to find your spouse's inner happiness. So I told my friend, go home and do that. And then come back and let's talk about it. He came back a week or two later and he says to me, you know, I did some homework. She likes Jolly Ranchers. That's what she likes. <laughs> so I said to go buy a lot of Jolly Ranchers. That's what she likes. That's what you got to get her for Shabbos. You don't follow the crowd. Don't get what women like. You're not married to women. You're not married to men. You're married to your husband. You're married to your wife. In a successful marriage, you understand that. You seek your spouse's happiness. You find it, and then you execute